our scripture this morning. There are two of them. One I'm not going to read and one I'm going to read. The one I'm not going to read, if you're in a small group or if you uh, use the uh, curriculum that we're, that we're providing for you, you will uh, read that scripture from Matthew 16. It's the scripture where um, Jesus asked the disciples, who do they say that I am? And they have a couple options. And then he says, but Peter, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus says, Peter, you are the rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. He is so thrilled with Peter's answer because Peter understands who Jesus is. And then Jesus begins to explain that he will have to suffer and he will ultimately die for the sins of the world. And Peter takes him aside and says, Jesus, this is not right. Don't say this stuff. This can't be right. You can't do this. And Jesus says to him, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling stone. And the word used is stone. So Jesus goes from being the rock upon which the church is built to a stone that's going to cause people to fall away. And then the passage for us today, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 21. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Many people wonder, what does God want from me? What is God's will for my life? And um, we 
many people spend a lot of years trying to figure out what God's will for their life might be. And the sad thing is that God makes his will very clear to us. He says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is what God calls us to do. Jesus, in that passage from Matthew, says, what does it profit a person to gain the whole world but lose their soul? So take up your cross, he says, and follow me. The problem that we have in discovering God's will is the fact that we each have our own will, and we want God's will to match our will rather than choosing to make our will match God's. But God's will is good. Look at the end of uh, verse 2. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's will, of course, is good because God is God. But not only that, but God's will is pleasing. You will enjoy living in God's will, and God's will is perfect. It is just the right life for you if you give yourself to God. Remember, God loves his children. God wants to give perfect gifts to his children. As we follow him, we will find that he is generous and good. However, his will may not be our will. When Jesus was going to the cross and explaining this, Peter said to him, no, Lord, you can't do this. Peter's idea of what the Messiah was is, was the same idea as all the other disciples. Their idea was that he would be the one to overthrow the Romans, to establish Israel as the leading world power, and to vindicate the people of Israel and let them let the world know that they are indeed the people of God. And they believed that the Messiah should do this by any means necessary, using force, using power, whatever, to get them to the place they wanted to be. So Peter, of course, when he understood things this way, said, Jesus, no, you can't, do, you can't just suffer and die. You have to take over. And it's funny, isn't it? Jesus had told the disciples that he would have to suffer and die. He had told them this a number of times. The Old Testament includes passages about Jesus, the, the Messiah being the suffering servant, that he would suffer. But because of their mindset, they couldn't hear the words they didn't want to hear. It reminds me of The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel. Any of you remember that one? A man he hears when he wants to hear and disregards the rest. Ah. Oh. What a true statement for so, for every one of us. But I'm afraid it's becoming more and more and more the case for more and more and more people to just hear what we want. We live in a little echo chamber of people who just say the things that we agree with and we we're not willing to hear the opinions of others. And the problem with that is that we fail to realize one very important thing about ourselves. And that is, you might be wrong. Well, I might be wrong too. All of us can be wrong. And we can live our lives pursuing dreams, pursuing ideas that are wrong. Unless we pull back, 
unless we deliberately seek the will of God, unless we acknowledge that maybe I'm wrong, what is the real truth? Peter needed a wake-up call because he was wrong. He needed to be redirected into the truth of God. But Peter had ideas similar to the ideas of many people today that power is the way to accomplish the whatever you need to accomplish. I was reading recently about societies, and in a very healthy society, dialogue is encouraged. Religious expression is encouraged. But in an unhealthy society, the, the people tend to start looking only to political power as the answer. And the reason is that political power is coercive power. And whatever coercive power there might be, people look to that as the answer. And in a democracy where we would prefer to avoid warfare, we look to the coercive power of politics. And sadly, we see this when one president comes in and their main job is to undo everything that the previous one did. And then the next political um, time of the next election, we hear how the next one will undo every, everything the previous one did. Because, and, and I'm not saying one is right and the other is wrong, but the problem is I think the, the methodology is wrong. We're not listening to each other. We're not stepping back and wondering, could the other person have something worth listening to? And in a healthy society, people listen to each other and plan a path forward together. Jesus said, a healthy follower of his does not seek power, does not seek to manipulate through strength, but serves. And that service can often mean struggle. That service most always means sacrifice. But look at the juxtaposition of verses 1 and 2. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, and then you discover God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Most of us, by our nature, go about this finding the will of God or finding satisfaction the opposite way from the way that works. The way that works is humility. The way that works is sacrifice. The way that works is service. The way that works is to offer ourselves to God completely and fully. And the word here that's used to say your reasonable, your true and proper worship, reasonable worship, is the word logikos. And that word uh, was used by philosopher Epictetus when he said, if I were a nightingale, I would do what a nightingale does. And then he listed a couple other animals and said, if I were that, I would do what that does. But because I am a logikos, which means a logical being, I will serve God. If we understand who God is, if we understand God's great blessings upon us, if we understand that God knows better than we know, we will by nature serve God, give ourselves to God, and put ourselves as sacrifices to God's plan and purpose. But we're more like the little kid that the pastor saw when he was walking out of church one day, the toddler, and we've all seen a toddler just like this, 
Toddler got away from mom. Mom had a baby in arms and another one inside of her, and she couldn't chase down this kid that had gotten away, and the kid was running gleefully toward the street. The pastor ran after her, and she looked back at him with this great smile of, I'm winning, I'm going to make it where I want to go. But the pastor knew that if she made it where she was going to go, where she wanted to go, she'd be hit by a car. So he ran after and grabbed her up. How many of us look back at God gleefully and say, I'm going where I want to go. I'm doing what I want to do. The Proverbs repeat the phrase, there is a way that seems right to a human, but that way leads to death. Folks, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what is right. He knows what is good. He knows what is ultimately satisfying to us. And we seek satisfaction the easiest way possible. And by doing so, block ourselves from the deepest satisfaction, which is that of knowing God and serving God and doing God's will. Jesus Christ knew that he had to suffer and die in order to accomplish the will of God, but he also knew, as it says in Hebrews, it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. He knew that there was something on the other side of that cross that was far more glorious than what he was experiencing at that time, and it was worth it. And that gloriousness that he endured the cross to achieve was you was to restore the relationship between you and God. And Jesus Christ finds such joy in that that he was willing to suffer. Do we find such joy in serving God, in blessing other people, that we might be willing to suffer too? That we might be willing to put aside our own agendas, our own hopes and our own thoughts about what will make me happy and trust in God? Are we willing to sacrifice maybe a promotion at work to have the integrity to stay honest and choose not to cheat? Are we willing to believe God's plan for sexuality and not go a different way because it's expedient or it feels right? Are we willing to trust God? Are we willing to trust God with our finances, knowing that he has called us to give and give generously? Are we willing to believe that God is generous back? Or do we do our faith on our terms saying, well, I hear what God wants, but I know what I want. I'm going to take what I believe are all the advantages that God wants for me, but none of the cost. It's the very same thing that the enemy tempted Jesus to do in the desert. And if Jesus had listened to the enemy and bowed down to him and gotten everything he wanted without suffering the cost of his crucifixion, there would be no salvation. Folks, trust in God. 
Trust in God's ways. Don't be a stumbling block. And how often is it that the church, just like Peter, becomes a stumbling block to the world because we follow our own desires? The, the scandals in the church, the, the struggles that the church has created by uh, um, a sense of imperialism or a sense of superiority over people groups, these things are not advancing the gospel but causing people to stumble and fall away. The only way to truly serve God is to obey God, to put our lives as a sacrifice. You won't be perfect, probably. But it is your nature as a child of God to serve God, to follow God, and to follow God wherever God leads. And there will be sacrifice. There will be things that you want that you may not get. But you will discover that God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. You can only discover that by putting aside your will and trusting in the will of God.